Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's coming up podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Bymon Sci-Fi Con <laughs> and Pepper Steak. Oh, I love pepper steak. Yeah. <laughs> That's my headshot up there next to the pepper steak, and don't you forget about it. Oh, I wish. That is a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can do that. We can just hit up uh, Kinko's later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. I'm going to do that for my house. Everybody come over after. <laughs> it's going to look great. Um, and today we are joined by a very special guest. Um, you may know him from Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, it's DJ Lance Rock. Hello, friends. Lance Rock. <laughs> well, what would you prefer to be referred to as? Please call me Lance. All right. Hey, Lance. How's it going? Hi. Thanks um, for having me. I'm yeah. really excited about this. Thanks for being on the show. Um, we've known each other for a little bit. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I always knew about you that I feel like maybe people know about you within the first couple minutes of meeting you is that you're a huge Simpsons nerd. A gigantic. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> a moment of silence for your nerddom. Well, I, I, I don't talk about it to a lot of people because some people just oh. Like, oh, the Simpsons, they're passe. Uh-huh. Like a lot of people, if you're a Simpsons fanatic, you're going to carry it with you. Yeah. Always, you know, like, you know, Rosebud or something. And right. You know, it's been years that there's been any good episodes, but that's not true. There's been some yeah. that have kind of sneaked in through the, the, the different seasons, the right. later seasons. You're always going to have... I mean, the ones that are so great are life-changing. Yeah. Well, then maybe it, I was just uh, lucky enough to be into the inner circle of knowing that you were a Simpsons nerd. It's possible and that I you made it clear that you were a Simpsons oh, perhaps nerd. That and too. And he also probably felt our mutual friend, Esty, who yes. works on Yo Gabba yes. Gabba. Esty Castillo. Yeah, other uh, TV shows. She's also um, a big Simpsons nerd, so maybe that was like a good conduit to find out that you know, don't you keep like a, on your phone at any given time a couple episodes to like watch? Don't you watch an episode a day, something like that? I, I don't watch episodes, but hold on real quick. I will show you this. What I do, which is very, <laughs> we will get back to it shortly. But what I do is I keep still pictures of episodes. Oh, uh, yeah. Or, uh, just like a screenshot. Mm-hmm. And since I've gotten a Roku TV, and yeah. you can have put the closed captioning on it. Mm-hmm. Now they have the captions on it as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I will. We'll talk about this episode, and when it's done, <laughs> I will. I will regale the three of you um, with. Um, well, I can attest for the stills on your phone because when we spoke at the Simpsons Art Show at Meltdown, that's like what you immediately showed me when I was mentioning that I wanted you to be on the podcast, that you just had it at the ready, <laughs> like for inspiration to get you through the day. And I've added more since then. Oh, of course. I feel like Allie and I can relate to that. We actually... Absolutely. Most of my camera roll is <laughs> yeah. screen grabs from the Sometimes Simpsons. we'll go on like a good text run of not saying any words in our text messages, but just like stills from the <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> How fun is that? I love that. Yeah. I think that, yeah, you can do that for a while. A long while. But you can't do it with everybody. Some people are just no. like, what? What does this mean? I've sometimes thought that I was going to have a good thing going with that. And then they'll just send me like, like... A different TV show back. Oh no! Like, oh no! They're you playing don't a get different what game. we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll just send me like a funny picture of a dog, and I'm just like, oh, you don't. We're but not going to be best friends. Like oh I no! But I do appreciate <laughs> that funny picture of a dog. That's oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> then we go into the dog ran, then that's fun. Yeah, that's but not different. if you're coming off a of poochie. It's just no. It's yeah, yeah. You can't go from poochie, poochie to, to a Brian. Dog. You know what are you going to do there? Yeah. Because he's a, a half Joe Camel of third Fonzarelli. There's not a dog <laughs> that can match that. <laughs> but I love that because the stills, they kind of go in with uh, my theory that there's a, a Simpsons quote for any occasion in life. Anything in life that pops out at you, there's a Simpsons quote that you can fire back with and it's completely appropriate and expresses your true emotion. Yeah, exactly. Moment. Especially if, uh, a random example, if you start... Uh, Taking care of like the mayor, like there's a mob <laughs> Ooh, problem. Ooh, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> We're of course uh, here to talk about uh, the episode "Mayor to the Mob," uh, which you picked as your favorite episode. But this was, of course, uh, a hard decision for you to make, being such a big Simpsons fan. We hear that a lot from our guests. What were some of the other other episodes you were considering? Um, <sighs> I was considering Mother Simpson. Yeah, that one's a really good one. That's really good, but mm-hmm. it has a lot of. <laughs> Hard to add, and <laughs> I just like it because uh, 
when Homer's like, see that? This file's all messed up. Who the heck is Margaret Simpson? Right. He's like, uh, your youngest daughter. And then he goes, nah, you younger. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like the mocking. I, yeah, I yeah. I do that all the time to people. They're like, your youngest daughter. That always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. But <laughs> Mother Simpson's a good one. Then I also picked um, <clears throat> Lisa the Skeptic. I love that. Oh, yeah. With, I mean, that one... Is great because it it goes the whole arc of oh there's no such thing as angels and then oh we found this and then right. everyone yeah. wants to pray to the angel and then is at the shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Simpsons have a way of dealing with um, like religious stuff. <laughs> That's the technical term, religious stuff in a way that is very careful and kind. It's never making fun of the people that believe it firmly, and it's never outwardly saying that like the creators of The Simpsons or the writers are atheists in any way. It's just sort of exploring that as a, as a way to seek other stories and other lessons to garner from that. Well, I mean, they dig in a way where it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of rising because yeah. it's never, it's never ridiculing them. No, you know. No. And I was just watching the other day um, the monkey suit. I don't know if you know that one. That's much later. I think it was oh. like sixteen or seventeen. I if I see that. That one. one's great. You have to because it's to. great because it's um, they want to teach creationism in school. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's like, but this isn't scientific fact. And so they have a debate whether to teach evolution or creationism, and they decide to teach creationism. Uh-huh. And then Lisa secretly is teaching these other people, and she has to go on trial. Mm-hmm. So you haven't seen that no, one? No, I haven't, That's but cool. I love oh, a good Lisa great. episode. Yeah, we've said on the show before um, that you know we're most familiar with the earlier seasons of, like say, you know seasons 1 through 10 or 11. Um, I usually say 1 through 8. Yeah, well, like I, I've seen <coughs> episodes that are that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but yeah. as far as like the later seasons go, you know, just in the way that our rhythms with watching television changed when you know we went to high school or college or whatever, um, uh, we missed out on some some episodes like that, that which sound a lot like fun and I don't know, a lot like fun. That's the a word. A lot like fun. Sound a lot like fun. Well, this episode is even um, like there's there's no secret that I really just didn't watch after season eight really like i saw some of nine and make, uh, i don't i've never seen this episode until today oh wow this is my really? first time seeing wow. this yeah and i was, love this episode. it was great it, yeah. this one and, and that's the thing about it so i'll quickly go back to some of the other episodes i was going to pick i was going to pick lisa the simpson because i Yay. really oh that one's really good the dominine gene yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they when they have the the fat lisa yeah. Hey, Angel Pie. That, that kind of thing. Like, you want to go to the library, get me some movies? <laughs> I, I go to the library and I get movies and I think about that line uh, all the time. I think of that episode anytime that I have pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> that, that version of Lisa is uh, like a good uh, comparison to like uh, the overweight Bart that we see. Like, I uh, wash myself with a rag on, on a stick. And that was the <laughs> yeah. other episode I was going to pick as King Size Homer because yeah. I, uh, him wearing that moo the fingers of you to dial are too fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. What's yeah. Sorry, sorry. Jostling. I'm, I'm really just kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it like this. Okay, so I, don't, I, don't, I actually can't place where you're coming from. So okay. I'm hearing a lot of it. Okay. Okay, we'll cut this part out. Um, so Mayor. T- <laughs> but I do like king size Homer a lot. That one. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Mayor to the Mob, can you... Well, first, this uh, originally aired uh, December 20th, 1998. This was written by Ron Hoag. Is that how you pronounce it? It's actually Ron Hoagie. Hoagie, wow. Um, and it was directed by... I listened by to a commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true um, Simpsons there. <laughs> uh, which you can now access on the FXX Now app, uh, which is a really uh, fun feature that they just added. Um, and this was directed by Swinton O. Scott III. Executive producer Mike Scully, friend of the show. He's been on. Um, oh, yes. He? Yeah, he's great. And he, uh, he w- that was a great episode. So if you're listening at home, uh, you know, after you listen to this, go listen to that one too. Um, but can you uh, tell us why you picked Mayor to the Mob? I picked Mayor to the Mob because I looked at the list of everything that was on Everything's Coming Up podcast. Uh-huh. And I'm like, these are all great episodes. And I would have picked. A lot of them. Two of them were actually on my list. But I just felt like, just like Allie's reaction, she hadn't seen it. And once she did, she's like, wow, this is really great. Because yeah. there's definitely 
this sort of um, conventional wisdom that this this is uh, mm-hmm. where it starts to go down pretty right, quickly. Right. And I didn't think so at all. And it's also great because this is so like this is season ten. They're on season twenty-seven. Right. So that's seventeen years. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long time ago. So like think back, that was like ninety-eight or something like yeah. that. So we're not even halfway in, which is I know, crazy. I know. You know, yeah. and it's so ahead of the curve. You know, Mark Hamill. That's why I picked this because yeah, you know, it's just serendipitous that Star Wars is about to come out. I know, but. He was such a guest cameo. He was so funny. Mm-hmm. And besides just playing himself, he was uh, the um, the voice of uh, the drill instructor or yeah. the of the bodyguard. Shut your asshole, boy! That. Yeah. Cover. I thought about you with the opening of this episode because they go to like a Comic Con y kind of place, and you've done a lot of Comic Con stuff for your Xiphon Con. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Really. Do you relate to how they presented the Comic Con and The Simpsons in any way? Absolutely. With your experience? Absolutely. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't that we didn't get uh, mobbed too much like that. Right. No, <laughs> By children, of course. I mean, we did, but it was a little more organized. It was just like we were behind this table, and there was just lines of people, and it was like a mm-hmm. just a never-ending sea of people. But yeah, you know, it's fine because as much as they were like, "Oh, here," everyone was running to see the Big Bang Theory or to right. see, you know, of course, Star Wars. Yeah. Somebody was dressed up as like you know the slave Princess Leia and had this gigantic. You know, Job of the Hut. Wow, <laughs> this, really? This was like ten years ago or something like uh-huh. that, and I was like, this is pretty cool. But there's so many other things there, right? And when the studios started to come in and like premiere their movies and stuff, there, it's it's they care about me for a second, but there's always something to do. Yeah, you know? that's why I thought that this opening was so funny, just because it's such an early representation of something like a Comic Con, where right, you know, I love the the ad that gets Homer to go, but then of course Homer just being like, they're it's all nerds. Are you sure they're at the right place? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> just you know, the comic book guys and the types of people that were there, and then there is something somewhat uh, similar to like current day um, Comic-Con in that almost everyone's kind of nerdy and you didn't know it. Like Groundskeeper Willie is there, which is <laughs> yeah. a huge twist to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have never known. Like, I know. We he actually, seems a little random. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like we had just talked about um, Lisa's Rival where we find out that Skinner's is a big um, like Star Wars, Star Wars fan because mm-hmm. he loves the collectibles. And that was kind of like, that actually makes sense. But then you see all of these characters kind of come out all yeah. fighting to be Obi-Wan. Right. Which is so funny. And mm-hmm. the boing, boing, and all the stuff there was just so cute. I just love it when Homer decides that he's a jock to the nerds, which is something that I feel like only Homer believes. Like, when he enters into... Well, when like he goes Homer to college? Palooza, when he, yeah, when he goes to college, and maybe a little bit of Homer Palooza, but definitely in this episode where he's like, ah, like, get those smelly wiener kids away from me <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. Homer Simpson nerd buster. I know, yeah. It's just funny because I don't believe any other character would be like, oh, yeah, Homer's cool or he's a jock or anything. Absolutely. <laughs> just just in his mind. Just in his mind. Just it's in his beautiful. mind. Especially since his daughters are huge nerd. I know. <laughs> yeah. And Bart's not a huge jock. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, they're very dynamic characters. They're not just <laughs> one-dimensional. This is true. One this is true. One title. One identity. Um, but, but yeah, so besides this being, you know, a good example of a later episode being, you know, really, really uh, strong, what other reasons were why you chose this? I just think it's – everything about it is written really well. Uh-huh. And, and Ron Hoggy, he also wrote uh, – Homer's phobia. Oh, Such yes. a good episode. That one, so, oh, so, it's so classic. I think he's only written five, and I looked them up, and I can't remember right now, but everyone that he's written is really good. Yeah. He's a really good writer, and this was just, it was funny. There's a few things in there that are kind of amp, eh, but just the little one-liners in there are pretty Yeah, good. and the way that the narrative unravels feels really organic. Nothing about it is forced, and it keeps you really engaged because, you know, uh, the Simpsons are famous for having a first act that is completely different to the rest of the story. But the way that this segues into Homer becoming this bodyguard for the mayor, 
is it just feels right because yeah it, like i think for a lot of bodyguards they're kind of like big dumb animal eh, animals animals that are going to jump in front of things to block you know who they're protecting and of course homer is going to be that person who doesn't think twice about just like diving into the air i love the two real bodyguards when everything is going down or looking at the clouds I <laughs> just know. like is there anything fluffier than a cloud if, if there, there is, is i don't want to know about it. it yeah god that's so beautiful <laughs> i is. love jokes like that i think that it's really fun like people that uh, or characters that you would believe would be you know like more strict or cold or stronger than they are being tender and soft i think that's a really <laughs> fun juxtaposition totally mm-hmm. um so yeah you mentioned just like mark hamill's appearance in this and like i really want to talk about just how funny and how good it is and how that kind of like defined what guest stars can and did absolutely do. it also reminds me a little bit of adam west when he was on the show just yeah. like playing yeah. kind of a very pathetic like you know how come the, how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. the kids not caring at all that it's Adam West. Just like, I was, and then <laughs> Batman doesn't dance anymore. Yeah. I post that picture of uh, Adam West like doing like the, the bat to see. Yeah, exactly. Every time that there was like Batman news going on for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but I just think that. Um, you know, it comes from such a, a loving, affectionate, clearly they're all fans of Adam West and Mark Hamill and these, like, you know, nerd gods. But they are also willing to make fun of themselves and, you know, yeah. be the butt of a joke. And uh, that makes us love them even more. It made me like Mark Hamill a lot more. I mean, yeah. I always liked him, but I was like, this is great because I just could not see Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher. Right. Especially absolutely. 17 years ago. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Fisher also was like very like humiliated by um, the Christmas Star Wars special and like really, yeah. really, really pretends that it never happened because she was drunk throughout all of it. Yeah. And you if, know. That's, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, I'm sure it was a cocktail of yeah. various elements. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, even George Lucas tried to get all of the copies like burned like he was just so so humiliated by it but then you get you know mark hamill who's i think he's just always had like such a a, yeah a good sense of humor and like how little that stuff actually affects like the big picture stuff because it was in between movies like that's what's so funny is like the next movie came out no one would have cared right we all just laughed but it's just great how he handles it yeah 100 percent and I, I i didn't see that holiday special when it came out so it just built up all of this sort of legendary status and then when i finally saw it i'm like wow <laughs> this is insane it is what's <laughs> it happy life day um that's what they celebrate mm-hmm. happy life day yeah and b arthur singing in the cantina there are a lot of people singing it's also like what the like i know <laughs> no, no, no. When, when leslie uggams is a hologram and yeah. then chewbacca's father lumpy is looking <laughs> at it and it's like the most pervy thing in the world yeah it's it's really, really feels freaky. like a weird fever dream yeah yeah but i love i mean i love that mark hamill kind of like took the high road in some ways of of not being too cool to make fun of himself and not being too cool to like, you know, sort of make fun of being a part of a huge franchise like Star Wars. Cause I think that a lot of people like Harrison Ford and maybe Carrie Fisher could believe their own press and, and I don't know, feel like they can't like, I don't know, shake off something like the Star Wars Christmas special or appear on something like The Simpsons. I think it just took a lot of time and I think it's because of how successful Mark Hamill was and stuff like this that celebrities that like I genuinely think that they kind of kick started this idea of like, oh yeah, make fun of yourself. It's funny, it's self deprecating. Because then Absolutely. Carrie Fisher does eventually go on Thirty Rock and play this right. character that is very much Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And which that episode <laughs> has my favorite line from Thirty Rock uh, ever, uh, which was said by Jack Donaghy to Liz Lemon. Uh, Liz, uh, never go to a second location with a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's uh, so good. <laughs> the, you know, I feel like you could you could put a kid in a room with The Simpsons and Thirty Rock, and they'd come out a pretty okay. They'd adult. be pretty good. 
there I think that's going to be my family plan. <laughs> yeah. There are enough good morals and like, you know, good lessons and all those things. that I think they'd be just all right. Yeah. And pretty funny. The Simpsons is incredibly moral. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just very funny that um, at the time they were like, this is destroying, you know, the American family. And then I love that, you know, George Bush, you know, yeah. was like, we want families more like the Waltons and less right. like the Simpsons. And, right. You know, Bart's like, yeah. well, we're going through a depression too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love how that played out with the letter from the letter Marge from- to Barbara Bush and, you know, their responses. And yeah, we've talked about it before, but it's just so <clears> great. And, and I think that there's a special feature on like, maybe season one or season two of the DVDs that like really goes into it. And I'm sure you can access it online, but yeah, I love that. That really established the Simpsons as being like a very playful, safe space. I think for a lot of like, you know, cultural criticism totally. that they were doing it out of kindness. Well, I mean, even if they had, they, they took umbrage with something, it was not really like this, big attack because even on two bad neighbors that's yeah. really funny but it's 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 more you know it's like the dentist the menace on steroids then yeah like george bush is this bad person right even at the end when gerald ford comes you know yeah mr duh you know yeah they're they're like political but not like outwardly leaning toward any certain party or candidate or anything like they have political elements to it but it's never anything that you walk away from going, oh, was I just like preached to by the Simpsons <laughs> to like, you know, vote Democrat? I think that, yeah, they just see them as people and want to have fun with them story-wise. Or the, the, the moral of the story is no one ever learns. No yeah. one ever learns. Don't write your memoirs next to a fan. <laughs> I think that was the lesson of that story. Um, so um, before we get too deep into this discussion of Marriage to the Mob, what we like to do on the show is read the first paragraph of um, the synopsis in the episode guidebook. So here we go. On a trip to Springfield's bi-monthly science fiction convention, bi-mon-sci-fi-con, uh, Homer sees Mayor Quimby and Mark Hamill get surrounded by rioting attendees. Unwilling to stand by and watch them get mobbed, Homer safely escorts them out of the fracas. Mayor Quimby is impressed, and he makes Homer his bodyguard. Is there anything that you would like to expand upon from that basic synopsis? We've kind of covered it just by jumping around a little bit. He goes to bodyguard school. Yes, he goes to bodyguard school, and not one of you is fit to guard a Russian rock band. <laughs> that's what I always think about. Their, their specifics are always so funny. Every single thing they do in here. One of the funniest things for me is when, um, this is when I knew how awesome Mark Hamill was. Because he comes out, comes out of the spaceship, and then he's using the lightsaber to knock over the stormtroopers. And then a cutout of Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, futurists, cyberphiles, and the rest of you dateless wonders. And now to push this convention into hyperspace, the man who put the star in Star Wars, a real burr on the Darth Vader saddle, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill! Hey, thanks everybody. You know, I'm here today as Luke Skywalker, but I'm also here to talk about Sprint. As you can see, you stand to save up to 17 cents a month over the more dependable providers. I talk about Star Wars! Yeah! He's trying to save you money on long distance! I know that's not funny to anyone else, but no. I just thought that was hilarious. That was hilarious. It was hilarious, and so I think the rest of the crowd starts to boo him, and then maybe Homer stands up and he's like, he's trying to save you money! <laughs> it's so but good. it's 17 cents a month. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I know, and, and yeah, what a great comment on those conventions or those events with, like, celebrities doing their endorsements and, like, you know, Absolutely. trying to shoehorn it into their speech. It's always so fun. I always laugh when... I watch uh, programs like Project Runway and they're like, here we are in the L'Oreal Makeup Paris studio thing and like everything has a name. You know, it's that sort of like obvious shoehorn of a celebrity endorsement. Totally. Yeah, which is just the world we live in now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I want an endorsement. We should, we should get, get some. We should get all Pepper of them. Steak. <laughs> Pepper steak. Um, something, <laughs> something that I like about this episode and, and a lot of Simpsons episodes is of course this is just another hat for Homer to have on. You yeah. know, he's done so many jobs in the past and 
why wouldn't he be this guy? And yeah. uh, he's had run-ins with the mob before. Some of them are in my favorite episodes, like Homie the Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always funny that those things are kind of the only cartoonish way that the show resets. Because you get these people interacting with each other again and again. And the Mr. Burns stuff of not remembering who Homer is is kind of a commentary on that. The world right. does kind of reset, but also it's a living cartoon where relationships form and the past did happen. Yeah. So it's always so funny to see kind of how they all interact in new ways. And it's so impressive, too, that you're at season 10 and, and you're getting these characters like, you know, Quimby and Homer, and it feels so fresh. Yeah. It, I'm very impressed by that. Because I don't think they do a lot of Quimby episodes. And I feel like this one, f- is it's a natural fit. It's not like... You know, they spun a wheel and were like, who are we going to pair up with this week? Which I don't think. Or if they did, it was well it was done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think how the, the writer's room uh, is is worked out. But um, yeah, it, it just feels great. And it is like you said, this is a good example of a strong episode, you know, later in the series. And Which season is funny because it's really not that late. It's not. But I'm saying compared to any other TV show, right? The yeah, average totally. TV show does not um, last ten years. No, it does not last Absolutely. ten years. The average TV show lasts like three or four seasons, if at that. Um, that's like on the luckier side. <laughs> that's not even syndication. But you know, as far as and by then those shows tend to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for stories by season three or season four but the simpsons are just so strong in their basic concept and their core characters that they're able to just keep generating really really strong stories even you know this many years in and this is a great example of that um what were some of your favorite jokes from this episode that you remember (coughs) i think this was the first time that they introduced the guy that goes yes Yes. he's amazing he's so fun and then homer's like why do you talk like that Excuse me. Yes? Do you have a table for the mayor? Yes! Why do you talk that way? I had a stroke! I had a stroke! <laughs> you know? yeah. so. Who is that based on or voiced by? We'll like, find out. I know that it's voiced by Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, That's it's based a mouthful. on, I forget the guy's name, but... Um, he was in I Love Lucy. Yes, he was on I Love but Lucy. But I don't remember his name Benny either. And like all those old shows. Yep. And I love him. It's like Frank somebody. We'll pull it up right now. So it was Frank Nelson. Yes. Frank Nelson. Yeah. I was right. It was Frank somebody. Yeah, you were right. Frank Nelson is so funny. And I recommend everybody going down a YouTube rabbit hole of just all of his old stuff because it's great. One of my favorite lines from a Jack Benny thing that he did, I think, was, uh, you're breathing on my carnation. (laughs) (laughs) It was just. I love that. Having Jack Benny be furious after just being so not wanting anything to do with him right. it's so funny to me that's so fun i love when uh, simpsons does like kind of that old school of comedy because it's clearly just for the writers yeah but then kids love it i love the joke when they're at the um pepper steak place where mayor quimby says uh he's like oh uh, potatoes au gratin that's a premium size that's, that's a quality <laughs> size, quality yes, size. Yes, that's that's uh, that one i like too it's so simple and a lot of the stuff is real subtle, too, because when Homer's supposed to guard the perimeter after he's trying to eat the steak, a mayor queen like, just guard the perimeter. And he's looking, and there's Mr. Burns, and then Fat Tony, and then Reverend Lovejoy and his wife, and he's like, Mr. Burns, Fat Tony, what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just little things like that. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, we have talked about it in the past, but I love talking about it more, is, is the whole concept that not everybody in Springfield is friends with each other or knows about each other. You know, just because we know about them doesn't mean that, like, they, you know, hang out all the time. Um, and so I think that that's a fun nod to that concept of, like, well, this is a town and everybody has... But, but it's also a nod to, like, how Homer feels about church because clearly oh, he knows right. Reverend Lovejoy, but he's like, what's I his know. name? He's had him over for dinner <laughs> several times. You're right, you're right. What else? There's just a lot of stuff. I mean, the whole musical of Guys and Dolls is just pretty yeah. epic because, you know, as Mark Hamill says himself, this song's not even in the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were talking about it a little bit off podcast, but... You know, that was obviously done because they couldn't get, you know, the the licensing rights to use music from Guys and Dolls. Or maybe they didn't even try. They didn't want to because they had this idea for using it in a way that was, like, so blatantly, like, not part of the musical and to comment on that. 
well, it's like they're using the music from Hooray for Hollywood, which is even funnier. Oh, yeah, that's right, know? yeah. We're guys and dogs. We're just a bunch of crazy guys and dogs. Oh, yeah, 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 guys and dogs. This is a conceptual nightmare. I mean, Nathan Detroit would never wear this. And this song isn't even in the show. I don't have time for this. I got 75 shortcakes to strawberry. Now get out there, Luke. So it's just like, guys and dolls. Oh, oh so maybe my theory is not that <laughs> yeah, at all. Well, because also they have had not only a guys and dolls song on, but it was a Star Wars guys and dolls song. Luke, be a Jedi, Jedi tonight. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So this is the second. Oh. So that is a guys and dolls. Wow. So well, I then think maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong. Whatever. I just think they <laughs> did it to be jerks. Okay. In the best possible way, because it's very... Yeah, that's a good motivation, <laughs> to be a jerk in the best possible way. Yes. <laughs> to be puckish. Ex- yeah, I think that's the definition of that. But yeah, I love that Mark Hamill is like, this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and then what is his line? Like, uh, they ask him to use his lightsaber to, like, you know, beat down the crowd. What, and break this? You know George Lucas makes me pay for these. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that Mark Hamill's kind of playing Luke, who's just, I mean... Kind of a loser. He is kind and of a loser. So yeah. I, l- I love Luke, and I've always identified with Luke. And I just love that he's kind of a wuss. And he's kind of like, you know, he sprained his ankle, and then he lies about it. He's just like, oh, funny thing about that is... Bye! <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of like that Mark Hamill in this is commenting on the fact that, you know, he hasn't really done things that weren't Star Wars that, like matched its level of popularity like he his his career hasn't veered too far from it so he yeah, hadn't just done surrender. Uh, the voice of the joker in uh in video games yet right? when his career <laughs> no, is about to yet. completely flip on its head yeah yeah <laughs> the big star wars boom happened <laughs> much later um, it's later yeah. than 1998 for sure yeah absolutely mm-hmm. but the thing that's also kind of interesting about that is it makes me appreciate him more because it says something about how certain artists see themselves because right. a lot of people are like, I've got to reinvent myself or I can't believe I'm stuck doing this and they're miserable about it. But I always think about Bobby Boris Pickett, hmm. you know, and he did Monster Mash up until the day he died and he was yeah. like, if I'm a one hit wonder, this is the best oh, hit to have. And yeah. He it got is. to dress up all the time and he was never like, this is my life. He's like, this is great. That's great. And that's how I think most people should be, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, if if I am just forever remembered as the guy in the orange sh- suit, <laughs> I, I guess that's okay, you know? First I, of all, not a bad place to be. You know, so. <laughs> yes. You and uh, Monster Mash have, have a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Mo- Monster Mash is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a great song in and of itself, musically. And just go on YouTube and see, like, later TV performances. He's, like, doing it like it's the first time he's ever done it, which is so cool. That's That's how you should do it. Yeah, I agree. And that's really uplifting and and inspiring because I think that, uh, you know, a lot of us as creatives are constantly being played, especially with seeing on social media, like, who's doing what? I feel like we're always in each other's pockets of just, like, oh, this person's, you know, getting this. What am I doing? But to just sort of, like, look at what you have and accept and appreciate it and work it to the best that you can and sort of redefining what success is. Well, well you have to think about a lot of things because I, I don't know if you've heard people talk about GABA because you know a lot of mm-hmm. people on the show. And, you know, it's like anything. Every every show has some sort of backstory, some Hollywood story, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, community or, you know, family guy went off there and then came back. Every, there's all kinds of stories. Right. But the way I look at it is like, you know, we are at four seasons right now, and H.R. Um, Puff and stuff only had 17 episodes ever. Yeah. And we have four times that, so I'm okay. Right. You know, people, Absolutely. people just need to put everything in perspective. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, as opposed to H.R. Puff and stuff, now you have this ability in the modern age to be able to go on tour with it and to yep. be able to, like, you know, sort of channel it through these different options and, and yeah, to see how far you can take that concept in a different way. I think that it's it's a good place to be, and, and that's a great attitude to have about it. It is, and yeah. I think that's what Mark Hamill had. I don't think he was shackled to, I'm just, lo- I mean, it's right. 
one of the, if not the most successful, you know, yeah. franchise ever, yeah. or or will be in four weeks. Well, what what's Jeez, interesting is that I mean, this came out in '98, and the you know episode one came out in '99. So I'm wondering right. like how much Star Wars buzz was in the air because it takes them like a year to make these episodes. So I'm wondering yeah. if I they don't even know. knew that the Star Wars episode one or like these new horrible right. by Star Wars standards. <laughs> movies were gonna be right you know i don't know i mean i feel like uh they probably had the idea for bringing mark hamill into this and maybe it was just a coincidence that you know they lined up in that way timeline wise i love it because it doesn't take a nod it doesn't comment at all about like reviving the series yeah. or um you know like it really doesn't even speak about star no. wars which is great yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. and whatever happened to that kid that played anakin Oh, yeah. Wh- I don't know what happened to that kid. He was in Home Alone 5. There's a Home Alone 5? Yes. That's almost as many Star Wars as there are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> really? He jumped okay, from what's, franchise what's to what's franchise. The, you know or Home Alone like, 4. What's, you know how there's like the order that you're supposed to watch Star Wars? What's the order that you're supposed to watch the Home Alone movies? <laughs> um, I think it's the, the first viewing. two over and over and over and over. I know and French Stewart is in one of them. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't Home Alone. I think there are five Home Alones. Oh, what man. starts everything? We haven't even talked about the, the best thing is that he's uh, with Mayor Quimby, but he's with Mayor Quimby because after he's bodyguarding him after the convention, then they have the run-in with Fat Tony. Yeah. And uh, that's really exciting to see Fat Tony, you know. He's a fan favorite for sure. Voiced by Joe Montana, (laughs) who lives in the Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Taste Chicago. That's his restaurant. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's in Burbank. It's like Chicago deep deep dish pizzas. Oh, really? Okay. Uh Good to know. Maybe we'll do that after this. Uh, you you should do a whole Fat Tony episode and have him come over. Ooh, are you listening, that's Joe? Yeah, yeah. But once they find out that it's rats' milk, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. Everyone loves rats, but they don't want to drink the milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, everything about that's funny. And that's one of my favorite jokes in the episode where uh, Homer runs to Bart and Lisa and he's like, "Don't drink milk. Don't drink it. Like you know, drop it." <laughs> And then Milhouse goes, can I drink milk? Sure. Go ahead. Go, ahead. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I just love how like Homer like picks and chooses to be a good parent and a good adult. Just, and, like, just a responsible, care. just caring yeah. human being, which yeah, is very fun. rare. Mm-hmm. But then after, after they know about uh, Fat Tony, mm-hmm. and Bart's like, oh, aren't you scared, Dad? Said if I was Fat Tony and God willing, I will be someday, yeah. <laughs> I'd just be stewing in my cell, getting angry and angrier. Oh, don't you worry about that, son. He's already out on bail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love I loved that aside, too, from Bart saying, and God willing, I will be. Because, of course, like, he's so devious, you know. And, and his, like, innocent 10-year-old brain is, is thinking, oh, yeah, being a mobster sounds real nice. You get to be a boss of people. You get to wear rings. Anyway. But also, it, it kind of refers back to when he was. Right. You know, when he yeah. he first stumbled into the legitimate <laughs> men's business, uh, <laughs> a social club. The Goodfellas episode, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and then he was supposed to be the ringleader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bart has had a lot of, like, uh, storylines that are making him out to be, like, he could be the next big whatever, you know, with Burns' heir and with that episode with Fat Tony. You know, he's got a lot of potential to bring a lot of, terror into this world <laughs> be professional the, uh, I always just think of uh, no one expects the butterfly <laughs> yeah. yeah no one expects <laughs> the butterfly yeah that one's really good and I don't know why I just say it to myself but from Burns's air I always go dear Mr. Kearns <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny like what uh, random lines just stick with you yeah are there any quotes that you know that you say pretty often from the seasons um, I'll put it in context, but yes. Um, <clears throat> when um, the Cape Fear episode uh-huh. and uh, Chief Wiggum's testifying against him, he's like, Sideshow Bob has no decency. He called me Chief Pigum. <laughs> everybody laughs and he goes, ha ha, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I that, that one's great. I say that a lot. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> 
The whole line or just the last part? I just say the, <laughs> now I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. As I, you should. I do have to explain it sometimes. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to not sound like you're speaking total nonsense sometimes when you're quoting The Simpsons. I, I just sound like I'm speaking total nonsense all the time because I, <laughs> I don't care. I just think if it's funny, look, we're all smiling here. Yeah. If it's funny, <laughs> I don't care if anyone else gets it. Do you know? what you feel like, Day. <laughs> hey, that bolt was wait. What did she say? This bandstand wasn't double bolted or something. When yeah. James Brown is, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one too. Yeah. But um, it is from the Rosebud, the Citizen Kane episode with uh-huh. Bobo. Yeah, and um. <clears throat> Homer's just sitting around and watching TV. And I think maybe just because I'm the host of a kid's show, maybe I think it's funny, but they're watching Barney. Yeah. And she's going, two plus two is four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think about that. I can see why that's so popular. Yeah. I think about that one all the time. Yeah, because that one's just like a simple joke. It could have been a throwaway. And in some ways, I guess it is. But it, the fact that it is so simple makes it even funnier. I love it. Yeah, I love it when they just go for it. I will, I'll tell you, though, I do have a favorite line, but I'm, I'm not going to say it on the air. But once okay. we're finished, I will tell you what my – I do have a favorite quote of the entire series that I've seen. So oh if goodness. I had to pick oh one, man. I have one. If a listener wants to pay us or contribute <laughs> to our Patreon account, which we will soon set up, one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we will let you know what Lance whispered in our ear. It's sort of like finding out the ending of Lost in Translation. <laughs> <laughs> what if that is what he oh, whispered? Just he his whispered favorite. his favorite Simpsons quote. <laughs> he just said honk if you like cookies. <laughs> Which is I just want to see honk if you're horny in peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that's why I wanted to do King Size Homer. There's so many great yeah. lines in that. Two for honk, please. <laughs> I think about that every time I go to the movies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just take the moo. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That Yeah, that one's a really great, yeah. Or... I think it's ironic that Dad saved the day while a slimmer man would have fallen to his death. And <laughs> I think it's ironic that for once, Dad's butt prevented the release of toxic gas. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, oh, what were you going to say? I was going to ask just what is your overall relationship with the show? Like, when did you start watching it? Were you, like, was it on all the time or did you marathon it? I just, I. Don't think it was ever like I'm gonna sit down and watch it on the first, you know, on the first time it's uh, aired. But uh, I did for a while. But you know, I did other stuff. I was never like, this is my life. Right. Yeah. I got into it. So um, I moved here in '96, and I think you know, I was like, hey, what am I gonna do? Try to be in a band or whatever. And uh, I still was really into The Simpsons and tried to watch it, but um, I don't know what happened. I think maybe the I worked at Amoeba too for five years, yeah. and maybe once you know the advent of all these coming out on DVD, you know I would just I can watch all the season one, two, three. So I'm not sure, but I've always just been like I love The Simpsons. I'm a big fan, but I'm not a fanatic. So yeah. I got real like annoyed with like like you know. The, message boards and stuff like that. And I like that they yeah. make fun of that, like right. even as early as like, you know, Radioactive Man. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they've got prints up there, you know, on the yeah. message board as well. Right. We had Josh Weinstein on and he talked about who wrote, I think from season three to whatever. They eventually, him and his writing partner, um, Bill Oakley. Bill, yeah, I know Bill. He, he's, yeah. he is great. Yeah, um, but he talked about how even in season four when, like, it was just dial-up internet, there were still people, like, really pushing to be like, the Simpsons sucks. Like, they would have to wait a really long time to, like, wait for the message board to load, but they would still, you know, voice their opinions just like people do today on high-speed internet. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and... um. I don't know if a lot of people know that, uh, like your story and how you went from working at Amoeba to being the host of a kids show. Do you want to speak on that for a little bit and how that happened? I know that's off Simpsons. Not, not really. It's, it's not as interesting Is as it? you think. Oh, okay. T- I, it wasn't. I was just uh, working at Amoeba. I was in a band. Um, then I also had a one of the first internet radio 
uh-huh. stations. It was called Spike Radio. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a show on there with one of my bandmates. And um, we just looked in the library, and there was this compilation of these different bands. And there was this band from Orange County on there called Majestic. I'm like, oh, let's call them up. And we're like, oh, we really like you. Can we do some shows together? And um, the, the leader of that band was Scott Schultz. Oh, I didn't so know that. we went on tour. We did a West Coast tour, and then we ended up playing uh, in Tijuana. And <laughs> it was like this, like, like indie pop night kind of, uh-huh. and it was at a highlight court. What's that? You know, do you remember the episode in The Simpsons where Lenny has his apartment that's so fancy, but it's like the, the his the adjoining wall is to a highlight court. Is that game where you use those um, oh yeah curve things in the ball and yeah yeah. So we we played in, in a highlight court. Oh nice. in, 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 in Tijuana. <laughs> oh nice. So that was crazy. So I think that bonded us all. Of course. And then we came back here and did a couple more shows, and Scott said the last show that we did together, he's like, I'm gonna get that guy. I, I didn't even know he was doing anything like this, uh-huh. and probably like seven or eight months passed, and then I got this call. I said, hey, I'm working on this kid show. Do you want to be the host? And I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't even <laughs> really take it that seriously, but I really like Scott, and mm-hmm. I really like the band, and so I said, sure. Then he brought uh, Christian, Christian. To, to Amoeba, and we all talked, and I was like, okay, and then... I went down to Orange County, met everybody else, mm-hmm. and they're like, let's film this pilot. And then they put a little trailer on the internet, and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah I, I remember when that. the trailer came out. That's so exciting. It was so great. And yeah, those guys have always, I, I, I've been friends with the Aquabats crew for uh, a long time. And, and yeah, I just knew that when you see people, well, when you see people, when you see the Aquabats perform, um, and when you meet, people like Scott and you meet that whole crew that they rolled with um, you know that they're destined to create big things and that they're like some of the most creative people in the world and so when Yo Gabba Gabba first came out as a trailer I just knew that it was going to be something huge and I think that it's you know a testament to how strong the idea is and how strong the crew is and how everything's sort of singing together like this big symphony that people are still connecting with it and you guys are still going on tour with it right? We are. We took off this year, thankfully, because mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal yeah, going I out bet. there. And mm-hmm. I'm glad to have the time off. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar, my manager who's here, he, <clears throat> I told him, I walked into Amoeba and one of my coworkers was like, hey, I went to the movies the other day. And this was probably like six months ago. It's like, uh-huh. and I'm watching the movie, then you're on TV. I'm like, what? And he told me it was uh, the Al Pacino movie, Danny Collins. Uh-huh. And so I told Oscar about it, and then he's like, come over. And there's a scene where Al Pacino's talking to Jennifer Garner, and her daughter is watching Yo Gabba. Yeah. And there's just this one scene where it's like the TV's there, Al Pacino's there, and Jennifer Garner's there. I'm like, hey, I'm acting with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So cool. It was really Dream funny. because I'm like, Al. Yeah, it, it was pretty yeah. funny because I wouldn't have really thought to see that movie. And I was like, right. wow. But it was really... It was, it's really cool. They, it was like on for like a minute. It was on for a long time, but it it was actually, you know. Yeah, you guys have invaded the popular culture. It's cool. And there were some um, weird kind of Russian um, zombie movie, I think it was. It was some movie with, um, goodness, I'm so bad at names. Um, The, what was the name of the film that Sean Penn directed? Oh, um, Into the Wild? Into the that guy, okay. Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yeah. Yes, it's a movie that he did, and uh, I will tell you what it is. It's it's, and I wouldn't know. I I've never seen the movie, so I don't really know anything about it. But I am gonna give us a little bit of a synopsis here in a second. And uh, I looked online later. I was like, all these things I find out later. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't because. I don't really do a lot of social media stuff. Right. Um, just for obvious reasons, because a lot of four-year-olds aren't really on yeah. a lot of message boards doing <laughs> stuff like that. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. And you, you know what I do like, though? I like that um, comic book guy, because mm-hmm. it's not really a commentary so much on on him as a person, but uh, it's, a, it's, it's a type. 
right, of person of there where it's like, okay, you're kind of annoying, but you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look at him and it's like, uh, this guy. I know. But they, they do it in a way where it's like, you can relate to it in yeah. a way. You know? And he has a great moment in this episode um, where, you know, they're, of course, at the Comic-Con, the sci-fi, Baiman sci-fi con, <laughs> and he's talking to the other nerd girl. And what does he say? He says something like, this is the, I, she's go like, for it. Someone has mixed an amazing Spider-Man in with the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man series. This will not stand. Pardon me, but I wish to tender a serious cash offer for this stack of water-damaged little Lulus. <sighs> a, that is not water. It is Diet Mr. Pibb. And B, I... Ooh. <sighs> Tell me. How do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents? Comb the sweet tarts out of your beard and you're on. Don't try to change me, baby. <laughs> Don't try to change me, baby. Yeah, I love that. Don't try to change modern, me, baby. Ro modern romance. Modern romance. <laughs> yeah. But I like that they're so specific. Like, it's diet Mr. Pibb. I know. That it's is so, so accurate, though. Like, yeah. I love, Doc, Dr. Pepper has all. Dr. Pepper has always been a good punchline for sodas, which is funny because that was like I was a Dr. Pepper kid growing up. Yeah. Like I had a Dr. Pepper patch on my jacket. You've got a Dr. Pepper with I'm you right now. I'm a pepper. Now. <laughs> I'm a pepper. Dr. Pepper's the best. I need a. After this wrap, so I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna create a new Tumblr that's just like. Um, <laughs> Uh, general brand Dr. Pepper names because <laughs> those are some of the funniest. Like Mr. Pibb is pretty pretty famous, but um, you know I think the stevia soda has a, a fun one, and <laughs> yeah, like there's always like Mr. Doctor blah blah blah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> is crazy. Laugh. This is crazy, guys. So do you guys know this movie, uh, The Darkest Hour? No. So it that's was, the Russian Emil Hirsch movie? Yes, it is um, a 2011 Russian-American science fiction thriller. Um, the American-based production depicts an alien invasion and stars Emil Hirsch, Max Minella, Olivia Thurby, Joel Kinnaman, and Rachel Taylor as a group of people caught in the invasion. The film was released on December 25th, 2011. Anyway, in the movie, there is a cat. I see you're cat lovers. <laughs> I'm a cat lover, but the cat is named DJ Lance Rock. Ah, that's fun. So that's very get? random. I had no idea. I just, I just, I just. Uh, yeah. Did you get your DJ name yes. from Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Absolutely. It's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Absolutely. It blew my mind when I saw it and and made the connection. It was like, ah! well, the thing my is, my heart grew two sizes that day. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> but you're not you're not grinchy. But know. you know before Lance Armstrong you didn't hear a lot of Lances. You know, yeah. you didn't know that so I'm like, Lance Rock and I'm a DJ, so I just thought it was the so I and was it's actually such a great name. Yeah. I was always DJ Lance Rock before mm -hmm. Gabba. So when I DJed that's been my name and I'm like, Hey, that's a great name. So yeah. I, I live in this weird world where I'm DJ Lance Rock the person and DJ Lance Rock the character. Yeah. And they're and they're two different Entities, but um, yes, um, when I started at Amoeba, you know those music we like books? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I put a quote in there. See, I always, I'm a nerd. I'm Beyond the Valley of the Dallas was one of my favorite movies, too. Yes. And so when Z Man is introducing everybody at the party, he goes, Lance Rock, Greek god and part time actor. <laughs> so I put that quote down in the book, mm -hmm. and people kept coming up to me like, I didn't know you were an actor. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> Do you think I'm a Greek god too? It was just like people are real funny yeah. in this city. That's what I. Yeah, that movie written by Roger Ebert, the only movie that uh, he's ever written, and he was my guy. I went, majored in film studies in college, and like he was like my film critic that I would always like read and be like, oh man, he's the best. <laughs> you and showed so, me that movie. That's one of the first things yeah. we watched when we hung out as friends. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so great, and yeah, it, and the character of Lance Rock in that is not you at all. <laughs> no, he's quite the opposite. He, he's, he's, he's devious and he's plotting, and you know he he'll like sleep with old ladies to like get no their way, money. lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just so funny. I mean, e every character in that movie is is so perfect, and it has so many different oddball elements to it. It's it's really like a mixtape of genre, but it's it works somehow because you know. Roger Ebes, he knew. <laughs> but it's also because of, 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 of Russ Meyer's direct. It's like a live-action cartoon. It is. And that's it what is. I like about and it. And you can tell that Russ Meyer and Roger Ebert were, like, 
real close friends. Like they just got each other. So yep. I think that's why it works so well. Um, before we get uh, too off topic, I want to, we sometimes like to read the stuff you may have missed in this okay. episode. Um, and, and some of these are, are really fun. I think this will be a fun one. Um, the science fiction convention sign reads, set phasers on fun. I love Which that. I feel like is a shirt at Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> at the convention, Uter wears a Futurama shirt, which I think is great. And, which I didn't know, but I did a little research, Futurama hadn't aired yet <gasps> in 98. Wow, really? I was wow. just about to ask. Yeah. When did it air? Like 99, you think? Um, it says I feel like here. it was around that time. It must have been because it was in development. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. I love that. You should get uh, David X. Cohen on here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. <laughs> he, he's around. He's around. And uh, it's a slow load up here. Yeah. We get everything from the internet here. Well, but while you're looking for that, I'll read the rest of them. Um, so for Baimon Sci-Fi Con, Mrs. Krabappel dresses as Barbarella. And Principal Skinner, along with Benjamin, Doug, and Gary from Homer Goes to College, dress as Spock. Other costumes of the con include Chewbacca, Xena, the Terminator, a Borg, the Invisible Man, and Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge. <laughs> Which I think around like uh, TNG was pretty popular at this time. It was like mid-90s to late-90s Star Trek. Okay. Um, <coughs> yeah, I got it. March of 99. So it was before. It was, yeah. So it was like a little Easter egg sneak pre. I guess because it aired in this. I mean, yeah, I it never, must have been. I never even thought about it. Had no clue. Yeah, but um, oh, of watching Futurama. Well, back oh. no of watching this episode and going, hey, there's Futurama because you didn't have the opportunity to, unless you taped it to watch it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Which is like such a great thing now. I mean, we talk about this a little bit that. You know, uh, when The Simpsons uh, originally came out, it was pre-streaming, of course, pre-DVDs, yep. you know, pre-all that. But they pack in so much to every episode, so many sign gags, so many details that, you know, in in modern times with making television, you know, you would do it in in knowing that somebody has the opportunity to rewatch it over and over to really savor all of these elements. But instead, they were just sort of doing it because that's the kind of show they wanted to make. From like the get-go. Absolutely yeah. dense. And if you caught it, great. And and, and I remember hearing some interview, and I, unfortunately I don't remember which actor it was, but they were like, what's really great about the show is that you can have generations watching. You can have like a, a five-year-old kid, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the father and the grandfather. You know, they can all watch the same episode and pick up different things yeah. on it and, and, and laugh. Which is what's, a sign of a really strong show. What's also crazy, and I think we've talked about this before, is that um, because the show has been on so long, a lot of the kids are now, they have their own kids. And so yeah. they have become Homer, and then they have their own farts, which is so yeah. cute to me. I love that. Yeah. I it's think it's yeah. so cool. I think that's fun. That's we're, a fun I mean, thing to trip out on. That's yeah, a good stony thought. Totally. I mean, <laughs> my my friend watched The Simpsons as a kid, and he has these two cute little girls that love Yo Gabba Gabba and The Simpsons, and it's just like this fun, like, Oh man, TV makes it easier to parent your kid when it's when it shows like this, you know? Yeah, I love it. Are there any um, like last comments, last thoughts? I also uh, want to know what character you relate to oh, the most. Oh yeah, let's do that first. Oh, <clears throat> I thought about that, and I don't know if I relate to him the most. I I have like a list of characters that I just love to death, you know, but. I love Cletus and Brandine. You know? <laughs> Yay! That I, makes me so happy. I, I love, I love, I love Ralph Wiggum. Yeah. Uh, how can you not? Yeah. Um, I love Professor Frink. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, Who's in this episode, of course? But if I had to say the character, because most of the characters, you know, besides Lisa, there's they're all pretty flawed right. in some way or another. Yeah. But the character that I think I could relate the most to is Jasper. Wow, I love that. Do you have a favorite Jasper moment? Um, There are so many. um, (laughs) When he gets frozen, it's so good. Frostilicus. That is, that's classic. (laughs) That is so good. Um, I was just watching the Who Shot Mr. Burns. Uh Uh, The sidewalks for walking, not running, or something like that. (laughs) When when Smithers is trying to go down the sidewalk, he's like, hold still, this is not for fancy walking, it's for regular walking. And he says <laughs> something funny like that. Yeah. But um, I just like, I like just Jasper. Just, you know, I like when his beard breaks and he has to put it back together. Oh, this is going to give 
worse yeah. before it gets better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, also, I think my favorite is is that's a paddling, which is that's something a paddling. <laughs> There's something about <laughs> him the paddling the school canoe. You better yeah. believe that's a paddling. And then I know. And then and then his uh, yeah, of course his beard gets stuck in the pencil sharpener. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is similar in in being like a, a character where things don't seem to be going right for him consistently to Hans Molman, but there's something about his demeanor that is different than Hans Molman's that makes him, I don't know, like a little bit more chipper. He's, yeah. he's not as hapless, and he seems like, you know, and, you know, he's not as uh, foolish as Grandpa. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he kind of grounds that. Th- things might well. happen to him. It's like, oh, uh, all right, well, let's keep going, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and I like that spirit to him. Um, yeah, and so uh, another question we like to ask, if there was a lesson that you could write on like the chalkboard of an episode of The Simpsons, either from this conversation or from this episode itself of The Simpsons, you know, something that you've learned or something that you, you know, can like sum up your feelings about it, what would it be? Wow. Um, I know that feels heavier than it actually is. You could say anything or ref- do a callback to something we've said in this conversation. Gosh, that's from from The Simpsons in general or from Mayored to the Mob? Let's do Mayored to the Mob because that feels less daunting. <sighs> okay. Um. Or your own life. Yeah. I always like that too. Oh, yeah. Like, What is your lesson that you want people to know that you want to put up on the blackboard? My lesson that I would like people to know because somebody asked me this once and they wouldn't print it. And, and I, d- I don't do a lot of interviews because uh-huh. – Again, a lot of four-year-olds can't read, so right. you know, we and, and the reason is because I spoke we we got the first ever Fred Rogers Award in Innovation in Children's TV. Oh wow. And Mrs. Rogers gave it to us and then wow. she talked to me later and she's like she she kind of schooled me on stuff. It's like my husband never did any other stuff. He didn't endorse anything, blah blah blah. Be careful and in yeah. our day and age it's kinda hard. Right not to do that but you know she definitely was like don't don't let them do all that stuff so i don't really tend to mm-hmm. want to give a lot of interviews or say stuff but the one time they asked me it's like so what what are the lessons that you want to teach or what's the appeal of of you know, gab and i said well you know you see how the characters interact don't bite your friends don't do this so i said basic the, the lesson that i think we're trying to teach kids is don't be a jerk yeah, yeah. And so that's what yeah. I would put on the, the chalkboard. I love that. But I they wouldn't print that for some reason. Like, don't be a jerk isn't bad. It's great. But they would yeah, I guess jerk is too negative of a word. Whatever. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I also love what you said earlier about appreciating your success and sort of redefining it. You know, when it comes to the Monster Mash. <laughs> if you're the Monster Mash guy. Bobby Boris Pickett. Be the Monster Mash guy. <laughs> don't don't forsake what you have been given in life by circumstance or, you know, timing or whatever. Just sort of lean into it and I surrender. It. And Luke be a Jedi tonight. And Luke, <laughs> you know, do it for Yoda while we give our guests a soda. Preferably a what? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Preferably <laughs> a Dr. Pepper. We're also sponsored by Dr. Pepper. But DDP, there, as I call it. There's Dr. so Pepper. many things that we forgot to say. So many things we forgot to we say. We could rattle off. Well, so when when they uh, first decide to bust uh, Fat Tony for selling uh-huh. the, the rat's milk, Chief Wiggum comes in there. It's like, freeze, you filthy Italians. And then Lou whispers something. You filthy Italian Americans. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah, this this episode is so rich with uh, great quotes and jokes. And, and then and then when Fat Tony gets uh, Louie to try to kill mm-hmm. the mayor and he's up on stage with a knife and then the manager's oh, yeah. like, Get off there and shake your moneymaker. You're in this number. He's like, But I'm just here to kill the mayor and they yeah. push him out and he's it's like, That guy with the knife sure can dance. <laughs> He looks awfully familiar. And then Homer's like, yeah, I think I saw him in Rent or Stomp or Clomp or some piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, this episode is just a gift. I mean, it is. it's a later episode. You wouldn't think it would still have all the elements that made the earlier episode so good. But it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill really just 
he just kind of sets the standard of, of, of a guest role. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I, I just think, wow, he's really funny here. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I like this one a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. a great episode and a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for being on this. Yeah. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Allie. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun here. And everything coming up podcast is awesome <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> thank you thank where you can so people much. find your stuff online besides you know everywhere with yo gabba gabba is there like a twitter handle that you have that you want to get out or i, I have no social no media. social okay gotcha. I, just in, enjoy it for what it is actually ladies can i say this because yeah, i tried absolutely. to say this once in a print interview and they edited it out because they didn't <laughs> want the truth to be known I have no social media presence. So if there's anything that's like Lance Rock Instagram, it's not, it's not me. You. Okay. It's somebody Good. else. But it's probably somebody from the the, the, the corporations doing it. Oh. Somebody that we have done business with. I just haven't done it yet. But gotcha. I am working on having a website very, very soon oh, called DJLanceRock.com. Oh, keep great. An eye out for or that. or the DJ And I will send you the information Please as do. soon as I get it. But um I'm, you know, I'm just working on doing a few music shows soon, but mm-hmm. I, I will, I will definitely keep you guys posted. Oh, and please, uh, yeah. if there's anything Simpsons that comes up, I will let you know that too. Please Yay. do. Thank, Thank you guys you. for having yeah. me. This was great. Thanks for being Yay. on. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So you can, uh, listening at home, you can uh, reach us on Twitter at Simpsons pod, email us at everything's coming up podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we're also on Instagram at Simpsons Pod as well. Um, you can catch me on all the social media stuff at Julia Prescott. And me at Allie Gertz. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye. 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 I checked with the doctor. He said Mayor Quimby's going to be fine. And I was electric as Nathan Detroit. What did you think of me? Well, I'd say you were luminous, magnetic, <sighs> incandescent. Oh, cheer up, Homer. I think you made a great bodyguard. Really? Would you say I was magnetic? Absolutely. Aww. Homer, I think you know what to do. Shoot, I forgot my lightsaber. All right. Oh, wait, here it is. Oh, good. Got it away.